Are you the kind of person that hated group projects in school? That was totally me. Um, or maybe you're someone who has discovered that co-working sessions are genius for you because you get so much more done than if you were just sitting there alone in front of your computer. Or maybe you're somebody that loves being part of a really big team, right? And working inside a large company or organization. Those are all different working environments. And understanding where we do our best work is so key to our productivity, our satisfaction, right? And just getting into that beautiful flow state. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Hi, I'm Jackie Johnstone, and welcome to my not podcast, Lumos, where I take all of the things that I'm learning about and that my line one is diving into and line three them and make them practical. I'm a one three sacral manifesting generator for those who know what that means. And this is where I tell stories from my real life and share how concepts like human design can be practically applied, right? So what? Let's take it out of the book and into real life. Grab a cup of tea, pull up a log, join me around the fire, and let's go. I was teaching about small group business dynamics to a group of human design readers yesterday. That's what we call the Penta. And one of the discussions that we get into when we're exploring the Penta and small group dynamics is how someone feels in a small group, right? Whether or not the small group, small team environment is a fit for them. And it's not a fit for every single person, which is always... Um, People always experience this, these like aha moments I find in these classes when I'm teaching readers because they're like, oh, I loved group work or I love working in a team or I've always hated that and thought that, you know, I should work to be a better team player. And like anything in human design, um, I think there's a freedom and a permission <laughs> to kind of embrace our uniqueness that comes when we understand that some things are just we're either built for them or we're not built for them. And of course, this is never a box like I'm not built for teams, so I should never work in one because sometimes they're correct. Right. And usually um, when our decision making strategy guides us somewhere, uh, it's for a reason. And there are going to be kind of comfort levels for us in different work environments. And when we can remove the barriers to feeling comfortable, right? Figuring out what our best work environment, where we're gonna feel the most comfortable, we're gonna do our best work. That is when our productivity goes up and we're just, we can feel so much more satisfied and successful. So I wanna talk about the different work environments. And I'm not talking about like open office plans or closed office plans or any of that kind of physical environment stuff. I'm talking about the like, um, the, the dynamics of who's around when you're working. Okay, so there are four um, work environments that we generally look at when we're taking a look at someone's human design. Okay, uh, solo, alone, in partnership, so one on one, in a small group. So generally, we're talking about three to five people in a small group or in a large organization. So this is in a, an organization that's um, 10 people or bigger, right, all the way up to hundreds. And there are kind of clues that we can look at in your human design chart 
to let you know what's your comfort level in each of those four environments. Um, and the first time I learned this, I had such an aha moment because my ideal work environment is solo. And I have talked about this um, in a previous episode. I think I, I think it's called I Work Best Alone, where this totally hit home for me the first time I got to work all by myself in my house after our like 12 week pandemic lockdown in France in, in early 2020, because I realized how much I'd been missing that feeling of being all by myself and how much more I was able to get done and just how much more like relaxed and at ease my body is when I'm working alone. Another example of this is, um, I was taking a certification training with the shift method, my subconscious transformation certification. And during our like live intensive week at the end of the program, there was times where we were, you know, going into breakout rooms to practice with each other, which is fantastic. And then there was also times where we were meant to be working on like our, um, you know, our own materials, like developing our own frameworks or developing our own resources for clients around a particular topic. And at first the facilitator, um, the leader of the, of the certification had us going into breakout rooms to work on these documents. And immediately (laughs) after going and like thinking about going to do that, like working on this particular task with a bunch of other people, I raised my hand and was like, actually, I really prefer to work alone. Is there any way I can opt out of the breakout room? And there was a couple of other people that um, were like, yeah, actually, me too. I would like to work alone too. And being able to advocate for yourself and create the environment that you need to do your best work because I cannot, in a co-working environment, concentrate and get into my flow the way that I can when I'm all by myself and I just like turn off the Zoom and mute everything. So... It's so empowering to understand what your ideal work environment is and then to be able to create it no matter where, like what your current um, job or business situation looks like. In, In this day and age, especially like with all the changes that the pandemic brought to working, there are just so many ways to work. Even if you work for a large organization and your ideal work environment is solo, for example, There are, you know, remote working opportunities um, that exist now that didn't necessarily exist everywhere, you know, before 2020. So advocating for working from home, um, working remotely or being, you know, in the office in your like in your own office as opposed to in a cubicle with a bunch of other people, because that's how you do your best, most focused work is something that, you know, if I was working in an office environment or company right now that I would be advocating for, because I know that I can be more productive and my body is just more relaxed. Um, and I can get into that, um, like flow state with my work. Right. So that's more satisfying for me as well. And so as business owners, as leaders of teams, it, it, within your corporate environment, if you lead a team, thinking about how can I provide the opportunities that everyone needs, that I need, how do I work best? How does the people that work for me or work with me work best? And how can we um, make sure that we get done what needs to get done, but that everyone's able to do it in a way that works for them. And as a leader, that might look like 
well, I work best in partnership, but I run a team of five people. So how can I do like one-on-one kind of meetings with them? Because that's going to work better for me than being in a meeting room with all five of them at once. Or maybe you know that somebody that works with you or underneath you prefers a partnership um, setting. Then you can tailor that and give them those opportunities, right, to get their best work done or set them up in partnership with somebody else on the team that works well that way and have them co-work together and, you know, bounce ideas off of each other. Because for them, that's going to be more efficient than maybe working in the group or working alone. So there are lots of um, different things that we can consider. And I even think about, you know, when we are remote working, Um, I've read that, you know, there are companies that require people to be like signed into Slack or signed into some kind of video or messaging software. And that even that passive connection can be a lot for somebody who um, works best alone. And so maybe not requiring that all of the time if it's not like an integral part of how work is being done, right? That you can allow as much as possible people that flexibility that they need to be in their ideal work environment because they're going to get better work done, right? You want your people to be productive and happy and, you know, um, satisfied at work and feel like, you know, that it's much easier to retain talent if you're giving them what they need. And so understanding your own ideal work environment so that you can create that for yourself and advocate for yourself in whatever space you're in. And then also if you're working with others um, and you have a team, how can you support their ideal work environments? Um, is just, I think that, I think that pandemic really helped us create opportunity, so much more opportunities for this than existed a few years ago. Of course, you can just ask people or just look at yourself and your own experiences to say, where have I felt most comfortable? When I work alone, when I work in partnership, when I work in a small group, or when I'm part of a very large team, right? Go back and do that inventory for yourself and your past experiences. Where have you done your best work? Where have you felt the most comfortable? Where are you feeling pulled towards? Um, Or ask those questions of the people that work under you. Human design can allow you to to see that with even more clarity and nuance, um, right? Because it's right there in the chart. (laughs) So we can see the nuances of what, Uh, work environment is going to be ideal for somebody and also the caveats there. So when I look at my own design, like I said, I'm, it's ideal for me to be working alone. But if I was working um, in a partnership or in a small team, there would be some things that I would want to consider a, like making space for time to work alone, but be like in the partnership, having room that somebody um, that I'm in partnership with would respect my individuality and my need to kind of have the freedom to do my own thing to some degree, right? Because that's an important piece of my design with the amount of individuality that I have. And with somebody else in a small team, it might be that they need the freedom to kind of be able to take breaks and rest and kind of step away from the team um, as needed. And so if they are working in a small team and those nuances are present, then you can support that and, and, um, kind of plan for that. So that's why I think human design gives us such great insight here. But even without knowing anything about your human design, you could use this and start implementing it in your own work or in your work with your team. If you're curious about your ideal work environment, the ideal work environments of those that work for you, and you'd like to share your human design chart, feel free to email me, Jackie at JackieJohnstone.com 
or DM me on Instagram, LinkedIn, and share. And I would love to give you some insights to support how you work best. Hey, thank you so much for joining me for Lumos today. I'm having so much fun showing up and recording these in the snitches and snatches of time and just being able to talk to you um, again. So I would be really grateful if you, if this resonated, if you share it with a friend, put it on your social media or send me a DM. I love, love, love hearing from you. And if you want to learn more about how we might work together, you can go and check out my website at JackieJohnstone.ca. See you next time.